0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, fires
1: downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Live. And takes it all the way. DJ Moore has- today we're going to talk about a fantasy football superpower one that we mentioned from time to time while doing our live drafts when we're talking about drafting itself we're going to dive a little bit deeper into it on this episode it is drafting from back to front i remember sean when i started out drafting and obviously you're drafting longer than i have but back in those early days you know and, and this is when it comes to i guess more casual players still i'm sure those first you know two rounds three rounds or what everyone used to focus on you, with mock drafts with so on and so forth i remember you used to be able to do mock drafts on a number of different websites but you would have like three rounds done and then half the <laughs> draft that was doing it along with you would just drop out it was like they had their first three picks and that was they knew if they were going to win or lose their entire fantasy season based on that but obviously uh, my approach has adapted over over the years thankfully but when we look at what We are trying to achieve in a lot of these drafts we talk about the roster construction how we want the team to look at the end what happens if you start your draft in a certain way and obviously if you start it in a certain way that's going to lead you to kind of need to finish it in a certain way to get to that roster construction so there's a a huge amount of pieces that go together to make that draft puzzle and this is something that we've talked about as i mentioned quite a bit but i think it's very very valuable and um, i'm looking forward to diving into it today
2: I am as well. And I really enjoy the fact that it's one of your favorite topics every season. And it's a big part of what you like us to work through when we're building out our approach. We obviously drafted underdog. We drafted multiple tournaments over at the FFPC with the super flex tournament and the regular best all tournament there. The three formats have very different elements to them. And the opportunities to kind of prepare for that and to work backwards through it and to understand what positional allocations you're going to need, but not just the positional allocations, but what it means when you're taking players in certain areas. If you're spending a lot at quarterback in one team or one format, how you would balance that out. We're going to work through all of the different scenarios that you might face. Kind of as, as we go through this episode but Colum, the main thing is that we want to be prepared to grab the right players at the right prices late but we also want to know who's going to be available there as we're thinking through some of these key picks and one of the things that will happen in 2023 best ball drafts is that the first two three four rounds you might say are going to be dictated to an extent by what draft slot you have, and then your early selection. The the picks are going to really build off of each other until you then have a thesis for your draft that's based on who you selected early. But once you get into five through 10, how you approach those rounds is not only going to be very much predicated on the players you took in the first four, but also the players that you have access to in the back 10 and specifically which Targets you like the absolute most in those spots. And if you have multiple targets at a certain position, how that's going to influence what you do again in those high value rounds, five to 10, where so often your draft is determined. You're going to have different flexibilities to attack positions in five through 10, depending on what you've built out from the back. And so, this is an exercise that has been so helpful for us. And not just in terms of being prepared for the draft itself but i think also thinking creatively in terms of what is this specific season going to be like last year for example gino smith was a big part of our super flex strategy this year who are we seeing late and how is it going to influence the types of builds that we might do Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to pick the same players and do the same build in every draft but if you're thinking okay i'm going to go balanced a third of the time, zero RB a third of the time, running back heavy or hyper fragile a third of the time. And obviously those aren't the actual percentages that you would use. But if you're saying that's the default, before you look at any types of player selections, the specific year and what you're being given both early and late is going to be very important to kind of pushing you one way or the other in how you want to create exposures for that year you won't always be right but you do have to play your individual player targets in addition to the structural elements that we get from the roster construction explorers and from the other research at rotoviz and so when we combine those two things and then we work from back to front we just have so much more information than we have when we go into a draft and simply take you know whoever we prefer on the clock at that time you get later in the draft and you realize i'm no longer set up to take advantage of the players that i really like and you know perhaps if you do a bunch of drafts you'll come to it naturally but you can get a big jump start on it and you can start having that evolution and improvement of your teams that you're selecting much earlier in the process if you go through this preparation
1: yeah and you covered a lot of ground there when we were going through that i think there's like what i really think this does is it ties all the other stuff we talk about together so the different strategies and the you no know, different player profiles we're targeting this ties it all together like if you start off with the rules in the format whether it you're on you're at an underdog and it's 18 rounds or you're at the ffpc and it's 20 rounds you know how many draft slots then you're going with your construction to set up that particular roster and working from the back because such a focus is put on those opening 10 rounds and then if you have a team that you know, you feel comfortable going zero RB, let's say in a draft. And then all of a sudden you get into round 15 and you think I need two to three more running backs over these last couple of rounds. And you're like, this is all garbage that is left here. I don't want any of these players on my roster. So you need to plan it out. Likewise, if you go with a hyper fragile approach, you take those three running backs. You also want to know what wide receivers are going to be available, what tight ends, what quarterbacks, because you're trying to find an edge on the rest of the draft. You're not just doing it for the sake of doing it. And I think then, Sean, when you look into how to do it after you've kind of gone through where the ADPs are, something that we tend to do before our drafts is, you know, grab those ADPs from the Rotoviz tools on the website, but kind of filter them out by your targets. So you're not going to want to draft all twelve players in every round, no matter what draft strategy you have. There's certain players. If you're listening to our shows, you'll know that we're not really drafting in 2023. We didn't in 2022, for example. When you have those players' names filtered out, it's going to give you an idea of, oh, in round 16, 17, you know, I have two or three quarterbacks that I'm interested in there. If you haven't done it, I have, you know, a number of running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. And it's going to kind of give you an idea of what the options are available. Where it becomes really advantageous, Sean, is, you know, sometimes we have those decisions. And you mentioned after those first four picks in rounds five through 10, and you're thinking, yeah, I can go for this tight end or I can go for this quarterback or I can go for this wide receiver but it's kind of weighing that up versus what is that going to cost you when you get to the 14th round? Who is the alternative option to fill into that roster spot? And I think that is the biggest part that it helps me with is when we're live on the clock in these drafts that we're making a decision between a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end. And we did it in our recent draft where we were looking at which tight end options to take. And, you know, for example, we like Sam Laporta. We like Trey McBride. We like Michael Meyer. There is options a little bit later whereas maybe there isn't those options if you're getting to the end of a tier at running back or at wide receiver or at quarterback in those areas. So that's where I think it becomes so advantageous. I don't know if there's any parts that I, I missed there that you would add in, but I, I just feel like when you take all the different parts that we talk about, You know, all the road of his content, whether it's written or whether it's audio or video, I feel like it's kind of the glue for me that, ties it all together when I'm trying to visualize how the draft board's going to look and, and how those pieces move and the, the later rounds in particular to make those more informed decisions earlier in the draft.
2: And we know that when we're drafting in 2023 in Underdog and FFPC in these big best ball tournaments we're looking to build teams that have been successful in the past and the roster construction explorer can tell us that we're Looking for the types of correlation plays that will amplify those decisions in the postseason and allow us to get through the tournaments. The underdog advance rate explorer is really cool for exploring some of the different elements there. Looking at what has worked, looking at the stacks specifically, and. When you're thinking about different player combinations that you can go with if you investigate what has happened in the past in some cases the results are actually very surprising it gives you sort of a, a broader feel for what you might have in store for you as opposed to looking at it from a very big picture one of the things that's always helpful for me when i drill down through historical examples of player seasons is it just allows you to let that information sink in in a way that it doesn't when you put all of those seasons together and you look at them and aggregate and you understand, okay, on a percentage basis, this is what works. But you can make some more fine grained decisions when you're exploring somebody the individual outcomes but also then keeping them in mind or keeping them within the broader picture so the tools will allow you to set up the really key elements of a best ball build and we also have a lot of workshops looking at how you can make something like a zero rb build work make hyper fragile build work make an early qb build work what's the logic in any individual draft that then has to cascade back out through the rest of it for these players and that build to work in 2023. But the additional element then when we have positional targets and player targets in the back half of the draft is that we don't get in the mindset of forcing all of these very small win types of plays, forcing ourselves into drafting teams where we get on a path and then the story is built from those first four picks and we never really take any detours by having a good sense of the last 10 rounds and where we want to be there allows us to build that picture out in the first five, six, seven rounds and build it more as a web or more as a, column. I don't know if there even is an official term for it, but Anytime that you watch uh, like a half serious mystery or thriller where you've got a ton going on and you have a borderline crazy character who has taken all of the clues to the second, third, fourth, fifth levels that nobody else is thinking about, when you have those displayed visually... And you've got the red string tied up between all of these different points connecting everything.
1: So you're saying if you're like Charlie Day and always Sunny in Philadelphia, that meme? Is that what you're kind of saying?
2: Well, not specifically not Charlie. Extent. But Charlie <laughs> is I mean Charlie is a good example of everything, right? You know, if you need some bird law, you're all set. But yeah, now now you've distracted me because I all I'm thinking about. Is I think what you're trying to say, I've been, say, kind of, I've been can... watching a lot of the mick which features one of the other stars of that fantastic television. We'll call them the crazy board. That's what I refer to it as, the crazy board. We want our fantasy football drafts to resemble a crazy board more than we do a road that we're driving down.
1: We might have some like Iron Man fans or, you know, comic book fans here. It might be like one of those, you know, screenshots. We'll take it up to a fancy level where... You, know, you can move things around with your fingers and put all the pieces into place. Let's think of it like that, where you can move your first and second round picks in, you can sprinkle things around and uh, get the ideal roster construction at the oh, end. Oh,
2: you it. want a multi dimensional holographic crazy Yeah, well, I like yeah it. something like that. Like Maybe it. even.
1: Some, I, I'm trying to do like the Doctor Strange hand signals and all. You, know, you can move stuff around and pull it into different dimensions. So that's what we're hoping to do with our draft. It's you know, a complete uh, <laughs> so multi
2: dimensional over time draft experience 2023
1: Strategy. world championship that, that, that's what we're trying to do but we have talked obviously about you know the ways to set it up what we want to try and achieve here but then it gets into the the player side of it i think so sean when you were talking and i didn't mention this earlier, i think what it also avoids you doing is making you said about like trying to not make decisions that are only giving you an incremental or very small advantage it also stops you from and i see this in a lot of drafts and there's drafts that get sent to us from listeners or i look at draft boards on twitter and what i can see is you know somebody will say they did a hero rb or a zero rb draft but you can see when it gets to round six round seven where the panic maybe sets in and some people go ahead and be like i have to get that running back now or i have to get a An extra quarterback at this point and it kind of throws the entire draft kind of out of the way that they're trying to achieve it after those first four or five picks i think knowing the options that are coming late also give you the edge of not panicking when those decisions are on the board there's times where you know you're you're looking to really stock up at the wide receiver position and and maybe you stop two wide receivers too early in those opening 10 rounds and you end up with six wide receivers through 10 rather than eight wide receivers And the reason for that is you get to a point and you're like, well, all these wide receivers are going to be the same between round eight and round 15, but we know that simply isn't the case. There's only certain players you're going to target in those specific rounds. And I think it helps avoid you making those mistakes. But I think then as we go to progress through that, what we can do is look at some of the potential targets for us doing it this year. And Sean, it doesn't have to be fancy when you're setting this up. People can do this with a a notepad and a, a piece of paper if they want. We tend to do it in Excel spreadsheets because it's very hard for me to, you know, post a, a piece of paper to you pre-draft to make sure that we're on the same page, literally. But we do it through Excel spreadsheets. So, Colin, up... you're,
2: you're pulling back the curtain and letting people know it's not actually a crazy board.
1: Well, it is. It really is a crazy board. I just like to call crazy boards Excel spreadsheets. That's what we, you know, I don't want to give away. Sean, we don't want to give away the, uh, you know, the incredible tech that we have here behind the scenes. <laughs> we don't want to <laughs> set people up for uh, false expectations of what we're the only people that can have the crazy board but when you are doing it obviously picking out those names and it makes those round by round decisions for me much much easier and it's as simple as having 20 lines on an excel spreadsheet that have those targets on it to start off with but you will get more and more used to it um, as you obviously draft it. but starting from around 17 18 sean you did an article recently that is up on rotaviz.com, looking at some of the potential options end those late rounds based on underdog ADP. I guess we'll, uh, we'll peel back the curtain here, Sean, and say who do you think are some of the, I guess, best positions and best players potentially available in that zone of ADP.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: One of the elements that has been so much to the forefront this season is that you have these incredible running back values, but you also have the wide receiver avalanche that forces you to address that position and not get left behind well how do you do both of those things one path which again hasn't been successful historically so we want to make sure that we are keeping that in our awareness so we don't get too heavy in a direction that maybe hasn't worked but one of the ways that we can address running back and wide receiver early is by taking qb and tight end late and the great thing about it, column is that this season is set up so perfectly for it when you're looking at round 17 you're looking at round 18 the best picks are quarterbacks and tight ends. At the quarterback position, you have names like Mac Jones, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. In two of those cases, you have a potential second-year breakout candidate with plus rushing value. In the third case, in Mac Jones, you have someone who was sensational in his final year in college, looked very good as a rookie, took a huge step back last year and has destroyed his fantasy value to the point where a guy who has basically the same profile as the pass-oriented quarterbacks who are being drafted in rounds 10 through 12 is available in the final stanza now that's relevant not because mac jones is going to necessarily win you a league or win you a tournament but when you're getting that kind of value when you're thinking through well do i want to take a qb window guy do i want to take a jerry Goff? do i want to take a geno smith do i want to take less exciting players like aaron Rodgers or matthew stafford versus taking the guy who might be on the way up as opposed to in some of those cases names who are on the way down Yeah, if they were exactly identical, then you probably wouldn't have that gap in price. And yet the upside, I think, is really skewed to the cheaper option. So that's a reason why we might look at the history and say, QB window, this is what has worked. And yet if we're being given these specific names, we want to take advantage of it. QB late is an option. The other thing there, we have some tight end targets in Michael Mayer, Trey McBride, and Hunter Henry. Colin, we had a lot of fantastic draft experts on OT during NFL draft season and despite the presence of Sam Laporta and Dalton Kincaid two players who are much more expensive right now in fantasy almost everyone agreed that you know even when you consider the lack of explosive athleticism with Mayer that he was the best prospect that he was a fantastic prospect you're getting him In the very last round, in many cases, definitely 16, 17, 18, because of that fit with the Raiders. And yet, the opportunity there might be as good. It's going to depend a little bit on Jimmy Garoppolo and if he is healthy, if that offense is functional. But you have him, you have Trey McBride as the secondary breakout player. Again, Trey McBride, one of the most athletic tight ends in the NFL. So, if you're chasing athleticism, he's a guy you can do it a lot less expensively with than some of the names, again, in that 10, 11, 12, 13 round range. And Hunter Henry doesn't usually get drafted in underdog. And yet the drumbeat out of new England is that this offense is going to feature Henry Gasicki and Tyquan Thornton as a possible breakout. When we're looking at Mac Jones late, then we want to also be looking at the
1: names that we can put with him. They may be the cheapest offense in the entire fantasy space at the moment to stack up.
2: It really is. And in part you're getting that because Juju Smith-Schuster is pushing the rest of those players down. And I mean, Juju, if he can actually go out there and play and if this offense functions, he's going to score some points simply because, I mean, they've paid him if they start him. And if Mac Jones plays as well as we expect, there are going to be some points. But you look at what he did last year with Kansas City and you look at the fact that, I mean, he just can't stop those knees from swelling. And if that's the case, if he can't really practice, if he's not explosive and he's going to miss some games, those are three separate elements that knock him down and create opportunity. His presence on the depth chart, is giving you great prices on the rest of the guys.
1: Yeah, so first off, what we did there is top position in terms of the players available, quarterback and tight end are available in those last two rounds at 17 and 18. There's a number of running back options that Sean mentions in the article. Check that out, that he, you know given that information. So there is running back still available. But Sean, as we go through this, there'll be a theme, as I say, what the top position is in those rounds. There's a lot of running back options from rounds nine through 18 particularly between 16 and that round nine that people can go if you're looking to stack up on those wide receivers early on in your drafts so r- rounds 15 16 sean running back being the priority position based on the players available who are some of your favorite running backs and i will mention two kind of honorary wide receiver names one of those that we we t- we talked about both of these guys actually in a recent road of his overtime podcast sean you had an article about the wide receivers going in the the later rounds that were The best kind of profiles to target that is Curtis Samuel and Shakir but even with those two names still giving you the options at the running back position and the one other thing that this does is it helps you be prepared for your draft because you may be thinking this is the draft where I'm going to go and get these wide receivers late but if there's only two targets in those two rounds being Samuel and Shakir you need to know what you need to do if both of those guys go off the board and let's say the 15th round before your pick or and in the, in the 14th round, it gives you time to to make those adaptations by knowing who you're looking for in all these rounds, but Sean running back again, the priority in those two rounds, who, who are you trying to target? And I know one of these guys you think is, is going to, is going to do big things this year. Yeah.
2: And you mentioned the two receivers. If you have gotten locked out, at the number of receivers you need early so maybe you only get four in the first seven as opposed to getting five or six maybe you only get five in the first 10 as opposed to getting six or seven you've got some options here but as you mentioned column when there are just two that means you have to be prepared to reach which is going to cost you some overall value at least relative to adp maybe not in relation to your rankings and you want to keep in mind you know how much rankings value am i getting in these drafts as well we look at the running back position and it's going to give us more opportunities to have a hit because we're not going to need to reach in quite the same way so we have ty j spears we have chuba hubbard chase brown and ty chandler very athletic players guys who can make the big play and can put pressure on some of the other members of their running back groups because they have that big play ability spear is someone who is likely to get a bigger workload behind derrick henry than running backs have gotten in the past they claim to love him he's someone who was absolutely extraordinary last year in college people tend not to think of him at the actual level that he is because of henry and because of some of the things people talk about with his knees But when we think about his knees you're really looking a couple of years down the line we're trying to win right now in 2023 we want to get him on the back end of some teams hubbard a player who if he hadn't gone through this period where he had some injuries his final year in college gets knocked down in the draft then you no longer have the draft capital with you you have a little bit of an unfortunate rookie season and it changes the outlook on him in a way that perhaps similar talents like a Naji harris or a josh jacobs didn't have the perception change or change nearly as quickly because they were overdrafted. So I'm going to say Hubbard is the same level of talent. He played extremely well last year. He and Miles Sanders are very similar. They're going to run the ball a lot. Make sure you get your Hubbard exposure. Chase Brown, a player who could benefit from all of the weird things going on with Joe Mixon. Now, the issue with Brown is that he could be the third string guy behind Travion Williams. And if they actually do something like release Joe Mixon, or if there's a suspension issue that comes up, they probably add another back. And so you have to be aware of that when you're thinking Brown and thinking Travion, but those names players who could come out and do at least some of what Samaj P. Ryan did for him last year. And then Ty Chandler, we've got some articles up on him at the site. Make sure to check those out. Ty Chandler, the best athlete in that backfield that's going to matter for the vikings
1: moving on to the wide receiver targets i kind of had to promise to be some wide receiver targets sean going on in the list here and this is kind of the final tier once you get past these guys there for me there's not a huge amount left there's two of them the first two names i'm sure you're going to mention are i think a tier ahead of the, the second two names be interested to get your thoughts on what will separate them but Rounds 1314 after this at wide receiver, it is it is very, very bleak in terms of what you're searching through. It really is just those other two names and Samuel and Shakir that you're really looking to target. So thirteen-fourteen, Sean, wide receiver is the priority. The other player that's in here that can be a priority based on if wide receiver is not the need for your roster at that point, is our boy Sam laporte is there. But who are the wide receivers that we're we're trying to dive into in this range?
2: Yeah, so we do have one little area that works so if you miss then you're going to wait you're going to try and hit the guys in this juncture of the draft there still aren't a ton and these players will go early so one of the things we want to also be thinking about is that when we're talking about late round picks we know that adp is going to be locked in a lot less so when you're drafting in those first five six seven rounds it's not that a player will go around early that does happen from time to time but we know that ADP is going to lock those guys in and you can build out with some degree of confidence. When we're thinking about the late rounds, we want to know the names, we want to know the areas, and also we want to be ready to pivot because the guys could go early. So the first two names, Marvin and Tyquan Thornton, in the drafts that I do, they often go very early. They might not get down to you at ADP. You want to understand the general needs of the room that you're in. And whether you're going to have Mims and Thornton pulled up as sort of the last guys of a big run, or if they're going to continue to fall, they're going to get to ADP, maybe even get beyond ADP. There are two names there. Rashid Shahid is someone who, as a rookie for the Saints, was pretty extraordinary on a per-route basis. I encourage anyone who's interested to pull up the Stealing Signals tool and check out some of his peripherals, especially in a world where you can never really count on Michael Thomas. If this team becomes very straightforwardly Chris Olave and then a target vacuum, Shahid is the guy who probably fills that. And if he fills it, he's demonstrated that he might be one of those you know, steal of the draft kinds of players. When we're looking back five years from now and you're looking at 2022 draft, thinking who was the biggest steal It might be Shahid. And then Van Jefferson is an interesting volume-based play, someone who put up some decent numbers in 2021 and is likely to flourish if the Rams are competent, which I think is likely when you have Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. It's not guaranteed with the issues that they have from an offensive line perspective with the overall depth problems that they have. Colin Tutu Atwell was one of the names that we talked about in a recent show as the five late options. So when you're talking about round 18 and beyond, but if Jefferson drops here, he's someone I'm not trying to get a lot of exposure to, but he does give you a little bit of a floor play in this range when you're desperate.
1: So that is, we're gonna finish up, Sean. We're not gonna give it all away, but rounds 12, 11, 10, and nine are up on rotoviz.com. Sean's article looking at drafting from back to front but what I want to do Sean as we get ready to wrap up here is a kind of a, a conclusion anything we missed that we we should I think we've covered pretty much all of the key points that I wanted as we went through the show do you think there's anything that we we didn't hit on today well I think then we have to come back to well what does it tell us right how
2: should we be drafting in 2023 or what are our options what are some areas we might lean into a little bit more heavily than usual and for me it's actually a pretty big deal that we have those late tight end and late quarterback options because a lot of the success that we have had drafting in best ball, and a lot of the success the, the listeners have had and that the subscribers have had have been based on two really key points that the roster construction explorers hammer, which is that elite tight end is a must, and window quarterback. Again, is a must. It just those two elements. The elite tight end gives you a potential field tilter and gives you a trump card in the playoffs. The QB window allows you to play best ball in a way that you can score enough points to win and to build out the correlation plays. All of those types of things without overspending and creating the risk that you have. Now, in 2022, the elite QB was successful, but there's some specific reasons that happened that are. Unlikely to carry over. And we talked about that in our Superflex shows because one of the interesting things about last season is that QB heavy and Superflex didn't work. And that might surprise some people, right? But when you look at elite tight end and you look at QB window and how dominant those plays have been, if we're going to come off of that, we need to, number one, not come off of it all the time. And then number two, do it very intentionally in a way that has multiple elements of it that could work out. I think that we're seeing that when we work back to front and so if there is a loophole in 2023 that could quite probably be it the other big thing then is how do we draft running backs versus wide receivers and the thing that we're seeing is that just like in every year the draft is giving us a lot of intriguing names at running back late and so we can build that out i think that drafters should be taking advantage of some of the running back prices at specific areas of the draft early, but you've got to still show some restraint and you have to load up on those receivers. When we work through this, and one of the things, column, as we dive really deep into the individual player profiles, I'm becoming more comfortable with a few more receiver names. And yet when you get late in the draft at receiver, you can be forced to reach, And if you're trying to still build out the correlation elements, I mean, (laughs) you just don't have a lot of flexibility to work with. And if you force that, then you're drafting a bad player. If we get those elements built into the team in the first 10 rounds, we have them set, we have them set with better players. That's what this exercise, again, is telling us is that while you want to take some running back shots, The thing that has always worked which is to create that tournament winning upside through these zero rb candidates that's still the way that we probably want to play that we probably want to win in 2023 and even if you go hyper fragile right you do then need to stop and wait and add the final pieces to that puzzle late you know don't get ahead of yourself on those running back prices and those running back picks early because it will create some issues for you as you try and build out the rest of your roster in the double-digit rounds
1: and i'm very interested to get people's feedback on on their thoughts of what we've gone through on today's episode if maybe you do it during your draft and you set it up to see what you think you know try in this process if you haven't tried it before let us know what you think of it did it work how did it help and you can let me know that on twitter at overtime Ireland, or you can send an email to radio at gmail.com as always if people have questions topics strategy Kind of conversations they want to hear on the show you can send them to me the same way as i've mentioned there either on twitter or via email we'll be back with much more shows coming your way we always appreciate everyone listening in please drop us a review on your favorite podcast app that really does help us out a lot you can also sign up over at rotaviz.com if you haven't done so already and save 10% while signing up that code is rbradio 2023 at checkout we'll get you access to all of the tools that were discussed today in terms of trying to find the adps for example but also the roster construction explorer to see what will work best based on how you proceed with your draft my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to marlin my co-host is sean siegel check out all of sean's work up on rotaviz.com. and until we are back have a good one